0: On the preaching and the worship teams. Just for those of you who don't know who I am, Um, some of you may have already met uh, my wife Corey. Actually, who's in the audience? Hey, baby, how you doing? Um, She's in the audience today. So, um, (laughs) a quick story about how I I met Corey. I actually met Corey when I was uh, at Grace College. um, And uh, shout out, shout out. And uh, during my I met her during my junior year, I believe, but we really got close during my senior year at Grace. And during that time, I thought to myself, you know, at some point during my senior year, I thought to myself, you know, I really want Corey to become more than just a friend. Um, I actually want to pursue a romantic relationship with Corey. And so that's why I, I liked Corey a lot. And so, you know, I liked her so much that I told, I told my mom, that I liked Corey. I told told my dad that I liked Corey. I told my mentor at the time that I liked Corey. I would, y'all, I would have conversations until 2 a.m. with my friends about how much I liked Corey. I mean, I would pray to God. I'd be like, God, please, like, let let Corey and I somehow get together. God, please let this happen. Y'all, I really liked Corey a lot. But there was one essential thing that I forgot to do when trying to foster a relationship with Corey, and that was I never, I never told Corey <laughs> that I liked her. Uh, in fact, I waited like four months to tell her that I liked her. Um, and eventually, we got together and we got married, and we've been married for four years. Um, but my point is, is that sometimes as Christians we can also forget to do essential things that help foster our relationship with God. And that's kind of what this whole sermon series has been about. It's been about, you know, what what things or disciplines uh, can we do to help foster our relationship uh, with God? And so we've defined spiritual disciplines as uh, spiritual exercises that we do to help us become more like Christ. And so far... The disciplines that we have discussed are solitude, reflective prayer, gratitude, fasting, confession, and experiencing God's presence. And so if you've missed any of those uh, sermons, I would, encourage you, I would encourage you to go on the website and check those out because it's really good stuff. Um, but today, the discipline that we're going to talk about is Bible study. Or you, you can call it reflective Bible reading, but I'm going to call it Bible study um, during this sermon. Um, so Bible study, all Bible study is, is analyzing the Bible to find God's meaning for a passage. Analyzing the Bible to find God's meaning for a passage. And, and I believe that Bible study is a bit different than Bible reading. It's kind of like the difference between raking for leaves and digging for diamonds. When when you rake for leaves, you know, you, you get a rake, you pretty much just stay at the surface of the ground, and, and, and the work may be a little bit difficult, and it might be hard, but, but but you're able to get it done. I believe that Bible reading is kind of like this. Bible reading, you know, you kind of stay at the service of, of the of the passage. You kind of read the Bible as it's presented before you, gleaning truths for your life as you read, and, and that's fine, and 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 that's okay. But what I want to talk to you, to you guys today about is Bible study, which is like digging for diamonds, right? When when one digs for diamonds, not that anyone ever has. In this room. But when, but when one does, um, he gets, gets a shovel he digs and he digs and he digs, and the work may be hard and it may take time and patience, but the result is this beautiful diamond that he gets to keep. I believe Bible study is similar to this, right? You know, In Bible study, we, we can dig and dig in God's word, and the work may be hard and it may take time and patience, but the result is this beautiful truth that we get to keep for ourselves and for other people as well. Um, so a road map for today's message. First, I'd like to talk about three benefits of Bible study and then go into some practical application to how, on, on how to apply Bible study to our normal, everyday lives. So the first way that Bible study benefits, uh, benefits us is Bible study is our food. And what I mean by this is that Bible study helps us grow into the Christians that God means for us to be. You know, when I was in, I believe, third grade, um, I, had, I had this project to um, turn, to help grow, actually, mealworms into beetles. And for those of you who don't know what mealworms are, mealworms are these tiny, hard-shelled creatures that turn into beetles when they grow up. Um, and so my job for six weeks was to help them in their growing process turn from mealworms into beetles. And so I was really excited about this, right? Now, I remember my, my, my teacher told me, she said, you know, if you put your mealworms in the fridge uh, for, for a day, and then take them out for, like, after that day for like a few hours, and they should grow into beetles. My third grade brain thought, if I leave these mealworms in the fridge for three days take them out every fourth day, then they should grow even faster, right? You know? Um, so that's what I did. You know, I, I got my mealworms, and I put, I put them in the fridge. You know, I got, I got really excited. I put them in the fridge. And I left them in there for three days. I went, I, went, I went back to the fridge on that fourth day. I took them out, and they were still still mealworms. So I, I put them back in the fridge and waited three more days. And on, on the fourth day, I went to the fridge. I took them out, and they were still Mealworms, And, and as you can imagine, this process kind of repeated itself often um, until it was the, the night of the project. I'm sorry, the, 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 the night before the project was due, excuse me. And um, I put my mealworms in the fridge, just hoping and praying that by the morning, when the project was due, that they would become beetles. And so that morning, I went to the fridge. Uh, I opened it up took out the cup that the mealworms were in. <sighs> they were still mealworms, y'all. They were still mealworms. I was so mad that I, I went to school that day. I marched into my teacher's classroom. I said, look, you lied to me. These mealworms are still mealworms. I don't know what you're talking about. What? What's up? What's up? And um, she, she said, you know, did, did, you, did you feed them with the food that I provided for you to, to give them? And I was like, uh, what, what happened was uh, I, I didn't do that at all. Um, and she said, <laughs> and she said uh, you know, if you would have fed them with the food that I provided for you to give them, then they would have grown into the beetles that they were meant to be. So Bible study is similar to mealworm food in, in that it also helps us grow into the Christian's that God means for us to be. You know, Paul would say it like this in 2 Timothy 3.16. He says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work so Paul says here that, that the Bible is God's tool to help us correct the things that are wrong in our lives. As Christians, we're not perfect. I wish we were, but we ain't, you know. Um, we, we still have things to figure out. We, we still have things in our lives that need correcting. Um, as Tom said when, when we began this whole summary series, when, when, when you become a Christian, you're given a new identity in Christ, but you're not given a new mind. Which is why Romans 12 tells us to not be conformed by the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the renewing of our minds does not happen automatically. Our growth in Christ does not happen automatically. But God has given us the Bible as a tool to help us grow into the Christians that He has called us to be, and to prepare us for the work that He has called each of us to. So, just as the mealworm food helps the mealworm become the beetle that it was meant to be, so does Bible study help us become the creations that God wants for us wants us to be. So that's why the first benefit of Bible study is that it is our food. The second benefit. Bible study is that. Bible study is our refreshment. Bible study is our refreshment. And what I mean by this is that we are refreshed when we study the Bible. We are refreshed when we study the Bible. So can I can I be honest with y'all for a second? Um, this world that we're living in, it kind of sucks, don't it? it? It sucks really bad. You know, I, just, just this past week, uh, I was reading about just different child abuse cases in, in, our, in our country and internationally. I, I'm reading about different conflicts between countries y'all I, I, was, I was even reading about this whole college admission scandal that, that's been going that's been going on with, with, with aunt becky from full house can't believe it man not on becky man um <laughs> this world is just messed up right man if, if i was if i was in chicago right now i said that this world is towed up from the flow up because it is um, you know, not, not to mention that all of us may have our own struggles that we're also going with in our lives today as we're sitting here. And so what, what do we do when our world just seems messed up? What, what, what do we do when our lives seem messed up? Who do we turn to? You know, my, my, my first thought is that we, of course, turn to God in prayer, right? You know, 1 Peter 5, 7 says to cast all of our anxieties upon the Lord because he cares for us. But I'll also argue that God also wants to refresh us and comfort us through the, the, through the study of his word. And I get that through Psalm 119, verse 28. It says, I weep with sorrow, encourage me by your word. Earlier in that same chapter, Psalm 119, verse 25 says, I lie in the dust, revive me by your word. Right? And so the emotional tone of these, verse, of these verses is very important and, and I want to capture it because we might miss it. So the emotional tone of these verses is, is not, it's not, hey God, I could use some help here, please help me out. It's not that. But these verses are a picture of someone whose life circumstances have him so low, have him so burdened, that he's on the verge of dying. Psalm one nineteen twenty eight 28 says, um, some verses of that, of that psalm say, I melt with sorrow, encourage me, by your word, it, it, it's, it's this picture of someone whose life circumstances have him so broken that his soul is going to melt. It feels so heavy that it's going to melt. Um, also, dust in the in Eastern culture was often synonymous with death. I'm reminded about how God in the, in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve had sinned against Him, He said, um, to, uh, "From dust you were born, and to dust you shall return." And so, dust was often this picture of, of death in Eastern culture, and so um, when the psalmist when the psalmist says, "I lie in the dust, revive me by your word," it's, it's this picture of someone whose whose life troubles have him so low that he's on the verge of dying. And so again, the emotional tone of these verses is, of these verses is not, "Hey, God, can you help me out?" Instead, it's 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 God, please. Please, God, my soul is heavy, God. Encourage me by your word. God, please, I'm lying in the dust. Revive me by your word. Can I ask you all a question? Have you all ever been there? Have you all ever been there when your soul just feels so heavy that you think you're going Die. Have you ever been there when your life circumstances have you so low that your soul feels as though it's going to melt? Some of you in this room may be there right now. Some of you in this room might be going through a financial crisis this morning. Um, Others of you might be going through marital troubles this morning. Others of you, as my mom would say, y'all kids are acting the fool. This morning, and you don't know what to do. You know, if, if that's you this morning, um, I want you to, to hold on until the end of, the, of this message because I have some tools to give you that I believe will help you become refreshed through the study of God's Word because I believe that God loves us so much that He does want to refresh us through the study of His Word. So, the first benefit of Bible study is that Bible study is our food. The second benefit of Bible study is that it is our refreshment. The third benefit of Bible study is that it is our connection. Bible study is our connection. And this might be perhaps the most important um, part of the, of the three part uh, message here today. Um, when we study the Bible, we are connected to Jesus when, when, when we study the Bible. We grow in awe of Jesus, we become more in love with Jesus. In our, in our, um, and we get to know Jesus better. So li- listen to the words that Jesus himself spoke in John 5, 39. He says, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. In this section of John, Jesus is speaking to some opposing Jews, and he is metaphorically putting the world on trial for not knowing who he is as the son of God, as the Messiah. Um, So Jesus, you know, conjures up this this courtroom um, analogy, so to speak. When you're in a courtroom, you would not be seen as a credible witness if you claimed things about yourself by yourself, right? You need witnesses. And so Jesus, knowing this, points to several things that point to the authenticity of who he is as God's son. Other than himself, of course. He points to God himself. Um, He says that, hey, God testifies that I am who who I say I am. He points to John the Baptist who prepared the way for him. He also points to the miracles that he does as, as a testimony that he is who he says he is. But he also points to the Bible itself. He says, you search search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. What he means is, is that both the Old Testament and, by extension, the New Testament are all about him. They're all about Jesus. So I can go to Genesis, right, and I can see how, In Genesis, after the fall, God promised that there will be someone who will crush Satan's head and defeat sin and defeat death and make all things right again in the world. And I can see how this promise is interwoven throughout all the Old Testament. And then we get to the New Testament, and we see how Jesus Christ himself comes down as the fulfillment of this promise and how he does defeat sin, how he does defeat death, and how he does rise again on the third day. And this message, often referred to as the gospel, the gospel, it it transforms lives, right? And we see that throughout the New Testament through the lives of Paul and Silas and other people. And we see how they are empowered by the Holy Spirit to then make disciples of all nations. And then we get to Revelation and we see how Jesus himself restores earth, brings heaven down to earth and reigns over it forever. So the, the entire Bible From Genesis, Revelation is a unified story of salvation that's all about Jesus. But I also want to point out, this is important. I also want to point out that John 539 also speaks to a truth that many of us struggle with as Christians today. Now, looking at this verse, it says, you search the scriptures because you think, you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. You know, sometimes we can be no better than those Jews that Jesus Jesus was, was talking to, thinking that opening the Bible for seven days in a row can give us eternal life. Thinking that opening our Bibles for seven days in a row will make God like us better. Am I right? If you come away from your Bible study time thinking that God will like you better, you have missed the entire point of Bible study. The point of Bible study is not to get God to like us. The point of Bible study is that we become in awe of Jesus. We become in awe of God and who he is. That's the point. Like I said before, the Bible is one grand story, one unified story of salvation from Genesis to Revelation about Jesus. So the benefits of Bible study are clear. Bible study is our food. Bible study is our refreshment. And Bible study is our connection. But how do we make Bible study a practical part of our everyday lives? Well, we first need to prepare ourselves to study the Bible. And this may look like us scheduling an appointment time in our phones or in our calendars uh, to study the Bible, right? You may have to tell Siri, hey, Siri... Remind me at 7 o'clock that I need, I need to study the Bible today. It may look like that. We also need to pray and ask God to help us study his word. Because studying his word is, is it's a difficult task. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to do sometimes. And so we need to ask God to help us to do that. And he will. Secondly, after we have prepared ourselves to, to, to study the God's word... We need to get ready by having tools on hand that will help us understand the Bible better. And one of the most helpful tools that you can have is a study Bible, right? So a study Bible is, is essentially a Bible that has built-in commentary within it to, that, that helps the readers understand the Bible just, just a little bit better. Not only this, but it also has maps and concordances and all types of, of, of stuff to help you understand the Bible better. I would also say that you need to find a translation of the Bible that you can, that, 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 that you can understand the most. So there's, so there's a ton out there. There's New International Version. There's New Living Translation. There's The Message. There's a ton of them out there. So pick one that, that you think you, you can understand the most and study from it. I would also say that the website, blueletterbible.org, is a good tool to also have. This website not only has tons and tons and tons and tons of commentaries within it, but it also has audio files and sermons. And it also has within it a built-in dictionary um, that that you can use to look up the original meaning of Bible words. So the Bible was written in Greek, Hebrew, Hebrew, and and Aramaic, right? So this website has has a dictionary within it in which you can look up, words and, and Bible verses that, that you're studying in those languages and find out what they mean in English. It's a really useful tool. I would also say that thebibleproject.com is also a useful tool as well. What the what thebibleproject.com is, um, it's, a, it's a website that these two guys made that helps people understand the context of the Bible better. And so the context is very important, right? The, the Bible, it was written... A long, long time ago, not in 21st century America, not for 21st century Americans, but originally it was written a long, long time ago for, for, the, for the people whom it was intended to in the first place. And so we need to approach the Bible when we study it, through the lens of the people for whom it was intended for. And so the Bibleproject.com helps us to do that. What these two guys have done, who, who created this website? What they've done is they've created videos um, about each book of the Bible. And with, within these videos, they have what each book is about, the historical, con- the historical context of each book. They have the theme of each book. They have um, the literary structure of each book. It's really, really cool. I would encourage you to, to check it out. It's, it's really creative. Um, and it really helps, helps me and my Bible study, um, definitely. Um, I would also say that another tool that they, they need to have is a journal so that you can write down the things that God is telling you as you study his word so that you won't forget them because we are prone to forget things. Am I right? I know I am. And so after we get prepared and after we get ready, we're all set to get going. So I want to illustrate a method of studying the Bible that is for everyone, whether you've been studying the Bible for, for five minutes or 50 years. There are five questions that I want to put before you that, that you need to ask yourself as you study the Bible. And so I want to do this um, practically by going through a passage and, and kind of demonstrating how this may look like. So I'm going to look at, again, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, our scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So the first question that I want want to ask myself is, what did I like? What were those things in this passage that jumped out at me or caught my attention? So from this passage, the thing that I liked about this passage was that all Scripture is inspired by God. I like that it's God who inspired Scripture. I like that. The second, the second question that you need to ask is, what do I not like? What do I not like? What were those things that you just did not like or that you find hard to swallow? Maybe from this passage, maybe I like that, or I'm sorry, maybe I don't like that I still, I still sin as a Christian. Right? I, I still have things in my life that need to be corrected as a Christian, but by the grace of God, God has given us the Bible to help to help me not to sin, thankfully. The third question that I will ask is what do I not understand? What did I not understand? What were those things that you just did not get Or what what were those words maybe that they they just didn't understand? What were those phrases that you you found hard to comprehend? What didn't you understand? Maybe in this this passage, you didn't understand how God inspires the Bible or or how God uses it to prepare us to do every good work. So I would encourage you, if you don't understand something in the Bible, to dig deeper and to use the tools that I've already shared to help you dig deeper into the Bible so that you may understand it better. The fourth question is, what do I learn about God? What did I learn about God? And but with this question, you know, everything in a Bible should be not only about God, but it should also be about God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit as well. And so from, from this passage, what I learned about God was that all Scripture is inspired by God, Right? And ultimately, because of that, it is God who ultimately prepares his people and equips them to do every good work. And finally, question five. How will this change me this week? How will this change me this week? And the reason why I say this week is because, you know, I don't want us to, to go home today thinking that we have to change our entire lives in, 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 one, in one day. Because that's not how habits are formed. Habits are formed Very slowly so just take it one week at a time. How will this change you as you study God's word? For me, from this passage, perhaps for seven days this week, I'm going to commit to studying God's word so that I can take hold of the benefits that it clearly says it has. Teaching me what is true and to make me realize what is wrong in my life. I'm going to take hold of those benefits this week. In fact, I think that's a good, that's a good challenge for all of us. Am I right? Um, so, so, so this week, I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you guys this week to, to study God's word. Take a passage of scripture and go through each of these five questions, just like we did today, one by one, and see what God does this week, you know? You know, this week you you may you may um, start on, on a passage a, a scripture today, and then find yourself going to a different one tomorrow. That's okay. No, or you may stay on one verse for the entire week. That's okay too. But just this week, I just want you guys to pick a passage of the Bible that 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 you think you like, and go through each of these five questions every day this week, just like we did today. You know, earlier I mentioned that. Some of you may be going through a hard time this week. You know, life is easy. Life is not easy at all. But I believe that if you commit to asking yourselves these five questions as you study God's word this week, then you will be refreshed by God's word. Because I believe that God loves us enough that he wants to refresh us through his word. But not only that, I believe he also wants to, to grow us through his word, and I also believe that he wants to connect with us through his word as well. So with that, will, will you stand with me? And as, the, as the worship team comes back up here, we're going to transition into ministry time. And ministry time, ministry time is a time that we set aside here at Branches to do business with God. Um, As the prayer team comes up, um, there will be people in the front who will, who want to pray with you. You know, I mentioned earlier that some of us may be going through some hard times this week. I would encourage you, don't go through those things alone. There's a prayer team up here that wants to go through those things with you. Maybe this week, you may find it hard to, to do Bible study this week. I would encourage you to come up here and receive prayer to help to help you, uh, to help ask God to help you study the Bible this week. And so, with that being said, I'm going to pray for us, and then after that, we will go into ministry time. So, Heavenly Father, we Lord, we thank you for your word and how precious it is where we know that, um, that as Christians, we still sin, and so we ask that this week as we study your your word that you will change us mightily through your word god god we know that you will we know that you can Um, so god help us grow more in love with you this week in jesus name i pray amen